This is Soil Sense Field Check, where we explore some of the more practical aspects of building healthier soils. I'm Tim Hamrich, and over the past five seasons of the Soil Sense podcast, we've learned that building healthier soils takes curiosity, creativity, and collaboration between farmers, researchers, consultants, and extension. These stories have both inspired and informed a lot of people, but the question still remains, how do I make this work on my farm? That's why we like to produce these field check segments to explore some of the more practical aspects to soil health. Agronomy, logistics, equipment, best practices, safety, and other important considerations. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Field Check. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Field Check. I'm Tim Hammerich. Today, we're going to single out one field in particular to see how a crop consultant utilizes soil health principles and practices to improve both profitability and viability of that soil over time. Dr. Lee Breeze is a crop consultant covering Stutzman and Barnes counties for Central Crop Consulting. He's been scouting fields and providing recommendations for farmers in North Dakota for over 20 years now, and he was nice enough from his pickup truck to take some time to talk to me to provide an example of one field that he and his farmer client decided to take a different approach with. One of the fields we've been working on for a significant period of time is a fairly light, sandy field near a creek or a river bottom. So it actually, the soil type changes really fast based on where the river went through at what decade and what millennia. So we have some heavier soils and some lighter soils. It's pretty fairly deep sand, so it doesn't hold a whole lot of water. And so that's been our big challenge is that field's really pretty dry and it dries up early on in the season. The normal rotation, he was planting a lot of corn and soybeans on the rest of the farm. Yeah, and those crops use moisture late or need a lot of moisture late. And they just were not working because that field just didn't have moisture late in the season. And so we basically started this soil health journey by just looking at what that field has to offer rather than trying to change it, trying to make it something it's not. And so basically it has moisture early or, or and late in the season. or So we can kind of use different crops. And that's really what we said. Well, in the fall, we can get into that. And we can put in a winter annual crop and get it started in the fall and and then next spring, we'll have snow melt and early season moisture to kind of get it through. And it needs to finish before midsummer, near midsummer, so that that's when we run out of moisture. So that's really what we started. We just kind of looked at what we were working with and said, okay, planting corn and soybean that needs a lot of moisture midsummer is not working. So what can we do? You know, use the, the attributes of that field to our advantage. Now we're going to get into the details of what Lee and his former client did to approach this particular field. Uh, but before we do, I want to pause right here just on the thought process that you're hearing from Lee. He's looking at this particular piece of ground and trying to find the practices that will best fit it rather than choosing one way to farm and no matter what, applying it everywhere. Well, I just really think that when somebody's looking at this soil health thing, it's not about I'm going to go no till or I'm going to plant cover crops or I'm going to do this particular practice. It's about looking at your field, assessing in each individual field with what are the challenges or problems that you're facing, and then designing a system that addresses those challenges. It's not the other way around. We get this cart before the horse thing. We talk about how great no-till is, and we talk about how great cover crops are. 
they're tools in the toolbox and we need to make sure we use them at the right time for the right thing. It's just like, you know, I like to have a fork, but it's not the right thing to dig a hole with. So you just make sure you got the right tool for what you're doing. And that's really the big challenge, I think, to get across. And that's the hard part, honestly, is like really defining what your challenge is. And then, okay, the field's too wet. Okay, what time of the year is it too wet? Why is it too wet? Is it a soil issue? Is it a drainage issue? Is there something that you can't control? Like water from the neighbor, like that happens all the time. So try to figure those out. And then you try to look at it and go, okay, what's the smartest economic thing I can do? And then build it up from there. And then you you learn because you make mistakes, but you try to keep the mistakes small and inexpensive and you move from there. This is such an important point here in general, just to not be so dogmatic about the practices that we lose sight of what's best for that individual field. And that also highlights the importance of having as many tools available to you in that toolbox he mentioned so that you can use the right one when the time comes. More on that later, but for now, let's get back to this field we're talking about today. You heard the challenges the farmer was running into in terms of moisture. Lee says their goals were to get better net revenue in the short term while building up that soil in the long term. That really was the thing is uh, lower expense, lower gross revenue, but looking for a better net revenue. We were net zero or net negative on that field several times just because it just did not yield what it needed to. So going to winter cereal uh, was one of the first things we did. We used some winter wheat in that, planted that early, got it going, didn't have as much seed cost, didn't have as much fertilizer cost, didn't have as much herbicide cost, took advantage of that moisture regime at different times. And then the benefit to this really was, this is several years ago, so we were starting to get into cover crops. So that winter cereal was harvested fairly early. And that year we had a little bit of rain in that summer. So we went ahead and put in a, a cover crop at that point to see if we couldn't get, you know, a little bit more growth, a little bit more residue on that. Because we also wanted to build organic matter in this field because it is a sandy field. And we got lucky and that worked out pretty well. And then it was a frost kill, so it was gone. Then the next year he planted an early spring crop, a field pea crop. And that fit in really well with that system. It's one of the first things we seed, uses moisture early and is kind of done by midsummer. And kind of rinse and repeat is what we did there for quite a while. So you might be wondering, did it work? Well, after a few years, the answer is yes, it did work, but with new challenges that they had to address along the way. So we were doing that winter cereal field pea rotation for about four years or so. But the thing is, is that the weeds will find the holes and we ended up getting more winter annual weeds that fit into that system. And we had some rough weather one year and the weeds kind of got away from us. So then we had to actually interject another crop into that, a more of a summer crop, something that we could target that weed in and get a better kill on it and clean that field up again because it was getting ahead of us. But now that they'd focused for years on trying to build up the soil, they felt like they had more options to address this new weed problem that had popped up. So they decided to give soybeans another try. We ended up using soybean in that system because we could use glyphosate to target those weeds that we were fighting with. But we had done this for several years. We, I don't know that we built the organic matter per se, but we built residue and we built structure in that field. So it seemed like it maintained moisture a little bit better. And we were doing like no tillage at all on this. So we were saving moisture through, you know, not having a loss of evaporation and just the timing of it. So instead of a, a full season long soybean, we were, we were using a shorter season one, planting it earlier, trying to get it done again in a shorter period of time. You still needed rain in that midsummer, late summer to, to make it work. And it, it did work um, and seems to continue to work. So now that field has at least three or four crops in the rotation. 
And we like to see that because it keeps changing the game on the pests. That's one of the biggest things. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, doesn't matter what it is, pests seem to find the holes on it. So if you keep changing gears through two, three, four, or five crops, then they really can't get a foothold. So this is a perfect example of why we like to do these field check segments. It's so we can really see how all of these soil health principles and practices are applied on real farms and to understand that the goals and the solutions are going to be unique to that individual situation. You know, we're looking at individual situations and this is, yeah, it's one farm, it's one farmer. He's doing the same types of things, but we are prescriptive with what we're doing based on what those needs or challenges we're finding in that particular field. In this field, this one was, it's too dry. The same farmer has fields that are way too wet. So we're doing similar things, but we're doing them in a different way. We're still using cover crops, but we're more aggressive with the cover crops Yeah, and trying to burn more moisture. So we're picking cover crops that use more moisture. We're picking seasons where we have excess moisture and trying to make sure we have an aggressive crop burning that moisture up so that we don't need the tillage to do that through evaporation. Well, as we get ready to close out today's field check, I think it's important to note that using the exact right tool for any particular situation means that you have to have those right tools in your metaphorical toolbox. And now sometimes this might be having the right equipment on hand, which was the case for this farmer. In other situations, that might mean just having the knowledge and experience of these practices like incorporating cover crops. Every time you try on something new and learn from it, that's another tool for your toolbox. At that time, they were new crops to this farmer. They were they were different things. And it was a little bit of a challenge, but not a huge challenge because he did have the right equipment to plant them. Some farmers that are solid corn and soybeans would not have a grain drill, which is the way that we planted those. So that would have been another expense to that system. But he did have a drill that he was using. So we didn't have to purchase new equipment. So that made the economics a little easier. Sometimes you try to add a crop and you need a whole line of equipment or different pieces of equipment, and that really changes whether or not you can financially do that. Well, I think as we close here, this episode just really emphasizes the importance of experimenting, learning, and acquiring as many tools for your toolbox as possible. It's certainly great to have people out there like Dr. Lee Breeze who can help. Thank you, Lee, for highlighting this field for us on today's Field Check. This program is made possible thanks to the support of the North Dakota Corn Council, the North Dakota Wheat Commission, the North Dakota Soybean Council, the North Dakota Barley Council, and Anheuser-Busch. For more stories like this, visit ndfieldcheck.com and subscribe to Soil Sense wherever you get your podcasts.